What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is 93.7 The Ticket. Look at me short. Look at me short. I'm the captain now. Three-time national champion, Vershawn Jackson. Oh, got a bunch all alone is Vershawn Jackson. And Vershawn, he'll get it to the 24-yard line. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here he is, Vershawn Jackson. Ah, yeah! Two-time national champ, 10-year NFL pro, 790 tackles, nine and a half sacks, 15 forced fumbles, and the, eight fumble recoveries, the, 15 interceptions. The, that, that, those are numbers. Those are numbers. He was also the my fifth guest ever on the Carolina Blitz in Carolina when he was a rookie. Welcome to the show. My big brother, Mike Minner. Mike! What's up, BJ? How we doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing great. It's great to hear from you. I got a story from Sheldon Jackson that said you basically knocked his body outside his body, <laughs> and then he was he was still feeling the effects of you knocking his body outside his body. He said you you got you you came over to him, you helped him up, you asked him was he okay. And you sent him on back like a little puppy back to the huddle. <laughs> and oh. all he kept saying to me, Mike, was uh, 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 be the guy. He said, he said, Mike was the guy who would blow you up and then turn right around and pick you up and ask where you are right. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's funny, man. That, that, that takes me long good ways back, man. I mean, can you be a gentleman and a and a and a and a football killer at the same time? Because that's basically what you were. You know, you. I mean, he said, "I never heard Mike cuss. I never, I never really seen Mike get mad. All I saw was blurs out on the football field and Mike blowing stuff up in practice." And I'm thinking. And then he said this. He said. Everybody thinks what we were kind of scared of the defensive linemen and the linebackers. Right. Said, but the secret was when you took your butt back there with those defensive backs and you got <laughs> struck. And how much respect he had. He said he said this. He said, I just couldn't believe that that much power came out of that little body. And I said, <laughs> I said, Sheldon, wait a minute. You mean that big little body that he had. <laughs> oh man. Wow. That hey, that's that's memory lane right there, man. Mike, we, we when your rookie year in Carolina and we were doing a TV show out of South End Brewery every 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 Monday night. And they were looking for guys and Sam Mills said, "You need to get on the Babyface Gangster." <laughs> and I said I didn't know who he was talking about. He goes, "Yeah, you need the Husker on. You need you need to get Mike Mentor. He called you the babyface gangster because he said this. He goes, he's the polisher. He's the polisher of the back. So let me say publicly, thank you because when that show was starting up and we were lining up Panthers, you guys were so open 
and so incredible about giving your time. And then with the Run for Daylight program that we put together with Fat Guy Charities and Matt Elliott, you showed up. You would always sign items. You would always – and you coming on the show was one of my favorite favorite interviews. So let me say publicly, thank you for what you did back then. Even as a rookie, you carried yourself like a pro, and it's appreciated. Well, thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, for all that, man, that, that, that seemed like so so long ago. But, you know, we, we all have – responsibilities right um as being a player um in this game we owe the game um everything we have and and so you know if doing interviews is part of that because you need to connect to the fans i'm all about it man and if it was about you know knocking out dudes in, in practice i'm all about that too right um <laughs> uh, but but i i you know it's also about respecting your brothers and uh, and being able to help them get better. So, man, that's what it's all about. And and I enjoyed both stints, you know, at Nebraska and then there with the Carolina Panthers. All, all I mean, all ten years with one NFL team is almost. Well, here, let me go back. You played all your entire career with the Carolina Panthers. Will Shields played his entire career with the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Please speak on what was going on with the water in Lawton at that time. I mean, you were not only just a, a great football player in free safety, but you also played running back, had 1,589 yards and 21 touchdowns as a senior, led, led, the, led the state. And you also averaged 21 points a game in basketball. Talk you, to you us. Know, you, you know, um, it, it's kind of like, I don't know if you guys, um, you know, read the um, um, the Malcolm Gladwell's book, right? And it, and it talked about um, how to master something, right? And it, it's it's really what what went on in Lawton, Oklahoma. It, it was a concentrated spot where you just got people who was just playing football from day one. And we just grew up doing that, right? And, and and it was like part of our soul. So you can imagine every elementary school in the city had a football team, which then um, we then created an AFC and an NFC based off the elementary schools in Lawton, Oklahoma, right? So we got like um, 40 of them, right? And, and, and you are playing organized, at a high level at Pee Wee. So most people, Pop Warner is doing that from a national standpoint. We was doing that from a local city standpoint. And um, and I just think the more you got time to play the game, the better you got. And, and we had a lot of dudes that um, went from there to go play major college football to the NFL. What did that recruiting trail look like for you coming out of, of Lawton, like, how did you end up at Nebraska? Well, um, VJ, the third grade, man, I'm watching um, Nebraska playing in the 84 Orange Bowl, right, against um, Miami. Mm. And at that point, I fell in love with Nebraska. I said, man, I'm going, that's the school I'm going to, right? <laughs> so I'm in third grade, and I'm sitting there looking, and I'm like, that's, a, that, that's my team. And so from that point on, I just watched Nebraska football. 
and of course I got to see it because we're in the big, you know, Nebraska in the Big Eight. It's Oklahoma. Um, it's it's the rival of Oklahoma, so you know you're going to get everything um, updates. You're going to see all the games, and um, and man, I just followed them from from the third grade. And when Coach Osborne called me, and he said, you know, I heard that you want to come to Nebraska. I want to come visit you on the on a visit to offer you a scholarship. And uh, I'm like, Coach, yes, please, right? I've been watching you since the third grade, absolutely. And he came up, and um, it was basketball season. They offered me a scholarship that night, and I told him I was there. I said, I'm going. I'm, I don't even know where Nebraska is at, but sign me up. <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> so and you... two weeks later, I went on a recruiting visit. So I, I committed to go to Nebraska before I even stepped ground on that cold ground in Lincoln, Nebraska. So so you get to Nebraska. And, and, and sidebar, Sheldon said I think you were his host as well on his yes. recruiting trip. Yes. So we appreciate you. Uh, I don't know if the fans out there understand how important, you know, the hosts are – when they're hosting a potential prospect, they're very, very, very important, you know. So I, I appreciate you definitely locking Sheldon down. But when you got to University of Nebraska and you put that in on for the first day, what was it like at practice? Man, you talking about my first practice? You just talking about practice in general? Just in just in general, you know. Okay. Yeah, just so, in general. Well, okay, we talking competition. All right, so um, Tommy Frazier is the quarterback. You know, you got Lawrence Phillips, you got Clint Childs, Damian Benning. Um, you, you got all those guys, Amon Green, on offense. And then you got the pipeline, right? Now you got our defense. Everybody on defense went to the league. So competition is at a high. That's the that's the toughest part of the week. It's when we go against each other because we talking, we going at it, uh, we competing at a high level. People can't do that today in in practice, man. We, they they probably couldn't get to the game. But we was built in a way, uh, I think, with our strength and conditioning program, with our nutrition program, uh, we were built in a way, man, that we can do that, and we going at it for two hours straight, okay, full pads every day. And um, the games was easy, right? So so the games was a day off. <laughs> so, so okay, so you get – so we, 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 we know practice is tough. You got, a, you got people in front of you. At what point did you start playing? Well, um, I redshirted my first year, okay? So, um, you know, it, you know, redshirted. Everybody redshirted at that time, right? So it's just more of a developmental time. But I knew I could play at that level, and I knew I was going to start. Okay, so um, coming into my freshman year, my redshirt freshman year, I'm you know I'm starting. I'm going um, in and out with um, Toby Wright, right? So we we both the number one, and um, and so it took it took a redshirt year, and um, you know the next year I'm on the field. It, it seems to me from the outside looking in that this program made a point to compete 
in the longer days. So the preseason and the improvement season is much longer than the actual game season. That the work that you guys put in back then against each other made it absolutely necessary for you guys to have success in the season. You didn't have a choice. How yeah. how do you keep that in a program? Now as a coach, you've got to create competition in <laughs> – in in those what those moments that don't feel like they're competitive, right. right? Whether it's a workout, whether it's film study, whether it's all those things, Nebraska and Tom Osborne found a way to make those things vital and and consistent. How is that done in today's game? Well, I, I think it, it's done the same way. You you have to get the right guys in the locker room. You see, so that was the deal. Is that it was the dudes that Coach Osborne was bringing in the locker. It was already in us, okay? So the environment is already built for competition, but we are competitive people coming in the door. And so I think as a coach, it's really about getting the right guy coming in. You can't put that in the people. You can't train that in the people. Either they have that or they don't have that, okay? And so what you what you want to do in your recruiting process, and this is where I think Coach Osborne was ahead of his time because he was using psychology, and I'm talking about a mental, um, um, emotional, psychological test on us before we got there. Is this guy internal guy or this guy external guy? And that's how I believe he looked at it. And so he recruited only internal guys, and that's hard to do. It's 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 harder to do now because you got you know, rivals, you got these five stars, you got stars, you got rating, you got all these things that people as coaches, they get rated on that, right? It's like a game before the game, right? right. If you got a great recruiting class, then, you know, you get a good grade for the offseason, right? And then now you got to go into the season and play. Opposed to, I need to get the best guy that understand from an internal fire how to get it done. So the pressure is on, okay? And so if nowadays these five stars, four stars, they got great agents out there, right? They got people <laughs> who can sell who they are before they even anything. And so you get these athletes without no internal. And so the first thing that happened to them, they fold, right? Coach Osborne, and he didn't recruit those type guys. No, not only did he not recruit them, is when – us guys, you know, because everybody has a time when they say, okay, I've had enough. They're treating me wrong. I want to go somewhere else. Even before the transfer portal, people wanted to necessarily leave. But then you had guys like Mike. You had guys like Cluster Johnson who would turn around and give you a pep talk as to all the reasons why you don't want to leave. So I think having that big brother mentality helped us get through it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, but that's what coach did, right? He he paired us up. Mm-hmm. So when you come when you come in as a freshman, of course, Will Shields was my big brother, right? Because I'm coming in, coming from the same place, same high school. So he was he was uh, my big brother. But he had the big brother program where you did you you latch to these young guys and and you already know they' about to go through it, right? They they want to play. Well, you're not playing right away. When you come to Nebraska, at least um, in the '90s, right? You you have to set and wait, and you have to earn your stripes. You better get on that scout team, and you're gonna have to compete. 
and you're gonna have to show everybody what you have. You got to earn that respect of the of the players. And then now the big brother is there when you have that moment. Man, I I want to transfer. I want to leave. No, man, look, buy your time. I promise you're gonna get there. And um, but that's the trust though too, right? We 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 had trust in our program from day one, and I really believe it's because who Coach Osborne was, right? He was the same guy. No matter who it was, no matter when it was, Coach Osborne showed up the same every single day. And that consistency in his character is really what built that trust with us. We got something on the text line. I remember back in the day seeing a defensive poster with Mike Minner on it. When, <laughs> when I'd work out, I thought that that's the dude I want to look like. It never happened, but it's hard to copy Superman. I, dude, listen, man, you a. Hey, I ain't gonna tell. I'm not even gonna start to even begin to not to, to lie and say that Mike Minner was not. I didn't look at Mike Minner and look at his body and say, you know what? I want my body to look like Mike Minner's body. You know, and I remember the times, like after we would get done with Boyd's uh, workout, that you guys would let an old freshman fullback come over and work out with y'all. So appreciate that. But how important was keeping your body in shape and working out? Well, I mean, I believe that, you know, the body is what we in the business of doing is using our body. And it's no different than you guys with the radio show, right? There's certain things that you have to do to make sure that the radio show is is at its tip-top shape. And that's the same thing you got to do as a football player or an athlete because your body is your business. And, and I think – I learned that early. I learned that early, um, early on in life, is that if I'm going to play this game, then I must keep my body in into tip-top shape so I can get the most out of it, right? And um, you know, thank God that that He was able to, um, you know, put that and still that into me early, and then give me the type of body to hold up, right? Because everybody body doesn't hold up to this. Um, car wreck that you have every single day that you out there playing, and um, some bodies hold up to that, and some some don't. And and so I think you got to be blessed with a body and bones and and ligament structures to to handle that stress. And and um, and then you got to do your work, man. You got to get in that weight room. You got to eat right. You got to sleep right. Um, you know, I was always into that. I, I, I was never into putting anything bad in my body to compromise um you know the mission that i was on mike let me let me ask you this thing that dom capers used to talk about was if you had to if you had to put them in order and say intelligence talent integrity Mm. (laughs) how would you put the how would you place those in the making of of a perfect football player wow man that's a great question you know what? I, I I don't know if it's a, a pecking order, right? Because you can have an, an intelligent football player, but if he don't have integrity and um, and he don't have uh, what what was the what was the other one? Talent. Talent. And, and he don't have talent. Well, he's gonna be a good coach. <laughs> right, right. Sooner than sooner than he wants, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and um, we'll, we'll probably be a great recruiter because uh, you know the integrity piece, right? So, so, uh, <laughs> right. 
so yeah, so when you look at um, if they have one more than the other, I think it's like a circle. Okay. I think we need all three, and and you need them working all the time. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't even think it's a linear deal. Um, where you stacking up what's more important than the other, I think it's a circle that needs to be working and operating at all times. Mike, we are going we gonna go to a quick break. We want to have you back in in a few shakes, man. But uh, one of the questions you can ponder on that I got for you is, what did it mean to be a black shirt? So mm. we'll we'll be right back with Mike Minner, the captain, Rashawn Jackson. We'll be right back at you. With Vershawn Jackson on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Why we do our thing? Hey, Mike, what you know? What you know about that fat Albert, Mike? Come on, man! You know that's what we grew up with, buddy. <laughs> hey, I always think about you know when they when they say we're gonna have a good time learning from all our friends. How much we learn from each other in, the, in them years at Nebraska, man. But what does it mean to be a black shirt? Um, VJ, look, man. Um, it means everything, right? So I was sitting here thinking about the moment that I walked to my locker, and we had cubby holes at the time to grab our stuff, and um, in it, and I pulled out the black jersey, right? My freshman year, I pulled it out, and 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 man, it was it was like the biggest accomplishment that I've ever had at that point, right? And um, it, it was just an unbelievable feeling, man, because it says that you're part of the club, right? It's like, you know, I can, you know, I'm, you can think about the Hall of Fame club and, and you know, the different um, things that you get uh, from the clubs that you play for, the, the programs that you play for, but nothing matches um, when you get that honor of being a black shirt, man, because you know you're part of the crew. And you part of the people who's going to bring a lot of bad days to opposing offenses. <laughs> you mean you need to scout team players too? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm two years, so I can remember, like Sheldon said, getting my getting blown out of my body <laughs> by yeah. by. I call you guys the I, I say real black shirts, and I'm I'm not being facetious to this team because I don't necessarily know if they understand the mystique of having a black shirt. I don't know if these guys understand that. No, they don't. I mean, how can they, right? I mean, it's no way to to understand what it meant. Um, because, it, it, you know, after, you know, Frank Solich left, it started to die down 
of what that means, you know. Um, even though Bo Pelini, when he came, he was trying to bring it back, but Bo Bo wasn't part of that, right? So, mm. so he he didn't really understand, um, you know, you know what it really meant. I, I just think that you always got to bring back, you know, black shirts that 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 lived it. We we got to bring that back every year, so so we can come back and talk to the up and coming black shirts, man. What is that, right? What what ownership are you really um, becoming part of? And it's it is more than words, man. It's a lifestyle. Mm. Mike, that's 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 a thing that we've talked about on this station for the last two years. Is the bridge between the the the, the Husker greats and the great Huskers and this current edition and version of the Huskers. Your college coach, how how can how can this program, this university, yeah. get the wisdom, the guidance, and direction of you former greats in back into their space? What's the easiest way to do that? Well, I mean, the, the easiest thing I believe was, you know, you got a, a former Husker great that's at the head coaching position, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so to me, it's it's just. Um, you know, opening doors, calling people, letting them know how important it is for them to come back. Because guys will come back. You just got to make them feel like they're coming back with open arms and they don't have to call you to come back, right? Mm-hmm. Like, to me, it's like re- recruiting again. You just going back and recruiting all your old teammates and, and then, um, you know, former greats. You recruiting them. You got to make them want to come back to give this knowledge to, to your team. And and I don't know if um, you know coaches get that right. Like you, to me, you spend a lot of time recruiting, you know, your athletes to come on the team now. But that's that's do the same thing. And you can't delegate that out. So as a head man, you got to be the one calling. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, we know Scott. Hey, yeah, pick up the phone and and, and let's talk. Hey man, I need you here. I need you to do this, and and we in right. So I think it's it's more of of that, and you can't delegate it out to some other person who's part of the alumni, um, the director of alumni affairs. Mm-hmm. No, no, head guy got to make that call. That's the that's the deep. Um, I like I said when you got to Carolina, I knew who you were because of your time at Nebraska. When we got to sit down and do an interview and the space that we were in, you were surrounded by guys like I mean, you had Sam Mills as a as yeah. a leadership North Star, right? You had Kevin Green, you had yep. um you, you had similar you had ment you had guys that were in your peer group like Tim Biakapatuka, you had those yep. guys, right? Yeah. How do you press that on? How important is the the circle that you're in, like the group that you're in, you trusted Chad Coda, you trusted yes. Eric Davis. How right. important is it to build that sort of trust? Because that's what gets you through tough moments on Saturday. You know what? It, it's all about trust and accountability, and um, that's really what you build, and that's how you keep it going, right? You 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 build the trust, and then you keep people accountable to the standard, and and there's no compromise in that. And that's how you continue to build it. So you come in. Um, yes, you got to do your part as a as a new person coming in, and I'm talking about as a player. And then those guys that will accept that, and then they, you will build trust. 
Um, and then from there, now let's keep each other accountable to the standard. And I think that's what we did at Nebraska, right? We we all came in at a certain time, but we built trust because we spent time together. It wasn't like, you know, we just showed up to practice and that was the only time we spent together. We actually lived together and and did everything together to um, build that trust. And we knew um, that each other was going to have each other back, man. And then now I can hold you accountable, you know. So LP, if he was getting out of line, man, hold up. We ain't doing it like that, right? But you can do that because of the relationship that you built, you see. And, and I think that's the most important thing is is um, you can't build relationships you know, um, on social media. You got to build relationships in real life situations, um, experiencing things together. So then at that point, um, you can keep each other accountable. If you don't build a relationship and you try to keep people accountable, it's not going to work. It's going to blow up in your face. Bro, you still got that snakehead fish? Boy, you know what? (laughs) Hey, hey, that was... (laughs) Hey, look, I love animals or things like that 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 would um eat up other things so i i, I love that snakehead fish, hey listen man, mike, i do not have it <laughs> mike mike is the one who got me into competitive fish like like predator fish <laughs> and he got me into snakehead and let me tell you something he told me that to this day i still remember that he told me that the snakehead fish would eat just about anything Right. Yes. And yes. I didn't know when I went and got mine that he was literally talking about anything. <laughs> if it moved, a snakehead fish would hit it. Well, then later on in life, five, ten years later, I thought to myself, now, Mike, know he was wrong for giving me <laughs> this invasive species that you throw into these lakes and it totally dominates the lake. Mike. How did you even know about that snakehead fish? What was the, you know, I mean, I don't even remember why you were just I, you know a what? hunter. I, I, I think I was I was thinking about getting a fish, right? So, okay, most people just get, you know, a nice fish tank. I think this might have been the thing that was going on, right? All of us wanted a fish tank. All of us wanted a 50-gallon so, fish tank. You know how it is, right? We just get this thing and everybody wants it. And and um, and so you know me, I'm I'm gonna go get something that's gonna terrorize some things, and and it's gonna be the only thing that can live in a tank. And um, and so when I went out looking for my tank and the fish, the snakehead fish was the toughest thing that was out there. And I said, you know what, I want that one. And that's how that's how I ended up with the snakehead, man. Man, I I to this day. I would never get another one just because it was so ruckus and you you know anything you yeah. put in there it ate but but I I can understand how you can use that as just some mentality when you talk about Absolutely. on the on the football field having that snakehead mentality to eat up anything that's put before you. Who's the best running back you faced in college? In college, man, it's it's my own teammates, right? I mean seriously, nobody else was even in in their category. I mean, you think about LP, man, you know, rest his soul, man. A, a guy that, no, I, when I tell people how good this man was, they don't believe me because, you know, most people just see him, um, what happened once he left the Rams, right, mm-hmm. and when he went to San Francisco. They don't see what we saw every day. <laughs> this man was a grown man 
at 18, right? He, mm-hmm. he looked like he was 35 at 18. And um, so, you know, Lawrence uh, was the best running back I've ever seen, ever faced. Um, Is that in, pros in and college? college? You, you know what? That's pro and college, man. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was that special. Now, when you look at the NFL, you got other guys that was, um, you know, not – I mean, I done played against the ball. I done played against Emmitt, okay? Um, I, I played against Barry Sanders. And Barry was my guy. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, But LP has had the, the speed, the explosiveness, and the elusive um, ability. Man, he could catch. He was smooth. Um, he, he had it all, man. And, and um, most people have some of that, you know. And, you know, again, if he would have just stayed on the path that he, he was at, at Nebraska, man, we'd be talking about him in a whole different light. Mm, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I just think about him all the time. But that, let's talk transfer portal, mm. especially with you being a coach, um, you know, FCS school. Yeah. Have you ha, – has the transfer portal hurt or helped your program? That's a great question um, because a lot of people think it, it, it helps right away, right, because you're at FCS. It's when you get them. This is what I've learned over the nine years I've been doing this as far as FCS is concerned. And I'm assuming it's going to be the same way FBS. It's when you get them. You cannot get them beyond um, summer session one. They don't have enough time to come in and integrate themselves with your energy that you have built from January. Okay? And that's the problem. It's not that they can't play. It's not that they can't make your team better. But their energy is not matching yours just because they ain't they haven't been there with you. Okay, so I think time. that's the number one thing I've learned. Say that again. They haven't spent time. No, yes, and 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 that's important. The spirit of the team is more important than talent of the team. The spirit right? of the spirit got to be right, man. And and when you and when you insert that, that's what happens. Okay, so now if you get them. In mid-year, you get them in January. Now you got time, okay? Now you got time to integrate them, um, you know, get them um, right into your system. Um, now it helps, like that linebacker that's at Alabama that left Tennessee and went to Alabama, and he gets in there and he gets in. And, well, he runs the same defense. He didn't have to learn anything. It's the same culture. He didn't have to learn anything, right? All he's doing is changing the jersey. But, man, when you start getting – I mean, it's, it's tough. And so um, I, I think you got to get them in early. Now, as far as the FBS, I'm using it like free agency. Okay? That's how I'm using it. I'm using it like free agency, man. And i got to have somebody in the organization that that's all they're doing. I'm going to get somebody who's connected to the NFL, who ran the pro personnel department, and I'm bringing them in on my staff. Right, and and that person, its only job is to do exactly what they was doing with free agency in the NFL, and that's what it is. Mike, you you've been blessed to be coached by some of the greats and to be led by some of the greats, and I always say that great leaders become great leaders. 
So whose voice do you find yourself coaching in the most? Is it Coach Osborne? Is it Capers? Is it Sam? Like who who are the guys that you find yourself quoting the most as you lead? Oh, it's, it's, it's Coach Osborne. I mean, yeah. every everything that that we do here is it's around Coach Osborne because Coach Osborne's whole philosophy was unlocking the greatness in everybody that he was around. Right, it was about us. It wasn't about him. We care less about him. He. It was about the player. What was best for the player to unlock his greatness? Now, sometimes in the media, that might look a little different than the media should, you know, think it should look. But Coach Osborne had more information, and um, and so his whole thing was, how can I help that happen? And that's where our program is um, here at Campbell. It's it's about one thing. It's it's about unlocking the greatness in each player, right? Um, now I, I've used some of Coach Fox, you know that that that's smart and tough. Mm-hmm. Right? You got to have smart and tough football players on the um, on the field. Um, so you know you use some of the things that Coach Fox taught us. Was we was one in fifteen. Two years later, under Coach Fox, we in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and it was because we trained to be champions. You got to train to be champion. It's got to be a lifestyle. It can't be. I talk about it. We, you know, or we just do a little bit. No, it's a lifestyle, man. Everybody in the locker room living that. I knew what that looked like because I was at Nebraska, and understood that you know this is something that we do, man. It's it's not it's not um it's not something that just fall out the sky. So I, I use a combination of um, you know Foxy. Um, Coach Osborne, and um, I use none of Coach Seifert. Yeah. <laughs> That's for the next time we get him on, because that is a story. Hey. I got to hear that. Hey. That's the So, listen, man, I'm the captain, Mr. <laughs> Ticket, man. We're talking to Mike Minner, two-time national champ, all-world NFL player, my big brother, Campbell head coach. We'll be right back. Sean Jackson on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Yes, 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 man. It This time is going by so fast, Mike. I'm for Sean Jackson. I'm with the captain. I'm with Mike Minner. Mike, I, I don't I don't know how we could – I mean, I got to have you call in at 1130, man. I, <laughs> I feel slighted right now, bro. <laughs> hey, man, it's been great. It really has. Uh, it's been great catching up and, and reliving some of the moments um, at Nebraska and then also in the NFL there with the Carolina Panthers. And, and uh, man, I, I, I know you guys' this show is doing great. And, you know, I just continue to wish you guys um, great things, man, as as you continue to give the word to the people of um, Nebraska. Best game as a Husker. Best game as a Husker. Um, man, I mean, it's the national championship games. I mean, you know, that's just – nothing matches um, those games. And um, so – Anything personally, it doesn't match being a champion. 
Nothing. If you were recruiting a, a running back, we just happened to we just happened to get a running back, by the way, out of the portal from Texas A and M, right? Five eleven, two thirty. So, if you were recruiting a guy in this day and age of the NIL, yes. you you are the coach of of Nebraska, I'm, figuratively yes. speaking. How do you recruit that kid in wow. this age? Well, um, I, I think you got to have um, his interests at heart. What are you going to do for him? And I think that's really what it's about in anything, right? How am I going to help you get what you want? And I think that's what Nick Saban does, right? He, he, he says, you know, you create value for yourself. Everything he says is about the value of the kid, creating value for the kid, and um, and that's that's how you recruit anybody, right? It's it's you know when you come here, this is what you're going to get when you come here. We're going to unlock your greatness, and if your greatness is to take you to the National Football League, then that's where you're going. Um, but we that that's our job. Our job is to make sure that happens. Um, I think so many times we talk about everything else. You know the stadium, the 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 you know the jerseys, the you know all these other things. No, no, no. Let, let's talk about how can I help you get? Because nobody else can help you get what I can help you get. And and that's what I tell kids all the time. I say, look, everybody else was reading it and watching it on TV. I lived it. Mm. So um, you know, you come here. Only one other coach um, that can say that, and that's Deion Sanders. I said, other than that, if you ain't going over there, then you need to come over here. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most important role of a head coach? Because here, let me let me let me let me let me preface this by saying, yes, you've been a head coach now for nine years, right? Yes, yes. What is the most important role of a head coach? I think the most important role is to bring in the right people. It's about people. VJ ain't about nothing else, man. It's about people. And what I mean by that is your assistant coaches, they got to be top-notch. They got to be thinking the same way you thinking. They got to be on the same page you, you with. Because if you got other guys and other um, women that's on your staff that is unlocking the greatness in people, you can't lose, right? You, you, you're going you're gonna to get the best out of everybody else. And so your number one job to make sure you get the right people. Mike, man, listen, my time is run short. I hope that you will definitely come back, hang with your little brother a little bit more, man, at one of these days soon. And uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Give me your best Go Big Red. Man, you know what? I've never said that before, you know, because I'm all about them crossbones. But I'm going to give you one. Go Big Red. Man, Mike Minner, listen, you guys are on the ticket. It's the captain. I'm with DP and Nick. Holla at you tomorrow. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? 
Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.